It's cold, it's cloudy, and today I came to Chicago, Illinois to do drugs with Brad Spears. <laughs> hey, if you're listening right now and you'd like to watch this episode of the Chillinois podcast, just go to chillinois.net slash video and pick your preferred video platform. There's also a link in the podcast description. If you click on that link, it'll show you the full show notes for the episode that you're listening to, and you can pick your preferred platform. So if you're listening right now, once again, you can watch this episode of the Chillinois podcast at chillinois.net slash video. Before I send you into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you that you can support our show by becoming a patron on our Patreon page. The easiest way to do that is at chillinois.net slash Patreon. It only costs $3 a month and you get early access to new episodes of the Chillinois podcast. That's right. You get to listen to the episodes two weeks before the general public has a chance to. Once again, that's chillinois.net slash Patreon. Enjoy the show. It is a sharing economy. And uh, I'm glad more people are doing it, and I'm glad you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. That means a lot. Sure. I, I got to ask you, why did you uh, why'd you even come on my show back in the day? Like, uh, are you kidding me? I, I was, why didn't you ask me more often? <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, you asked me, you invited me. Um, yeah, I made hello, and uh, I, like, just have a good time talking to you, and uh, you do your homework, you care, you ask, you ask interesting questions, I kind of do what you kind of do, um, so it's always good to compare notes, and we have a real good time. Thank you. That means a lot. Uh, the reason I was asking that question was just because I'm like, the way I thought you looked at me from my perspective, is like, who the fuck's this guy? Well, I didn't think you had your last name on LinkedIn, so I'm like, who the fuck's this guy? And then you, you uh, messaged me, I'm like, that guy, my guy. Yeah. No, uh, I know Cole from uh, Chillinois, and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're uncovering things that nobody else is. And uh, you're, you're putting more faces and voices of... Um, Illinois cannabis culture and business in ways no one else does, and it's very well produced. And you know, shit, I just I just watched an episode. <laughs> well, thanks. I didn't intend to start the show with uh, with that, but but why don't we start the show? Don't uh, steal my with, act. Yeah, I was gonna say, why don't we start the show with having you introduce yourself? Oh, okay. Remind the folks who you are, Brad. Who am I? Uh, I'm Brad Spearson, the uh, co-founder of Grown In. And uh, uh, started the, the newsletter that became Grown In uh, about uh, three years ago. I am a, an entrepreneur and business journalist who really, you know, first started covering sports, then dot com, then mobile, then ed tech. And I've been covering uh, the cannabis industry. Um, you know, and, and company obviously focuses on that, uh, for a little over three years now. 
Very cool. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, you recognize the name. I think this will be your third time on the show. Hat so. trick. I I don't get the, I don't get it's that. It's a reference. hockey thing, man. Oh, hat okay. trick. Three goals in a, in a game is a hat trick. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I would say something like third time's a charm. I don't know. Well, it is. But I presume you're a Blackhawks fan too, Not in addition really. to Barrett. No? <laughs> no. I just like the term hat trick. Okay. I mean, it wouldn't. Okay, well, I've been looking forward to today's show um, because I've had a lot of fun with you just setting up for the show. I already know we're going to have a lot of fun uh, chatting today, but I guess I want to ask you the question that's hot on my mind. Before we peel back the page, because I want to talk, you told me you uh, checked out episode 232, which for folks who haven't checked it out yet, it's the history of cannabis in Illinois. Check out episode 232 of our podcast. Hey, I broke the fourth wall before That's you did. That's good, man. Thanks for checking that out. I want to ask you about things like about things like that and uh, you know what your what your thoughts were on my episode, but hot on my mind is that uh, you know, grown in. Uh, I've not seen a lot of cannabis reporting from grown in lately, like especially Illinois coverage now. It could be that we haven't been. I was going to say, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to give you a little bit more room on that and say that, that, say that nothing has really happened, but, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to ask you point blank. What's going on with grown in right now? So, uh, grown in currently is developing a cannabis innovation lab. So um, we're not, it's not a lab where we're, you know, making the pot or doing anything necessarily scientific, but it's a lab in that um, it's an innovation area. It's an entrepreneurship area. Uh, grown in, uh, you know, is through newsletters and online education and um, matchmaking events like what we had in in Springfield and um, uh, Chicago last September, which, you know, happy to kind of share experiences about that. So we're a a networking company. I have, this is my third company that has used journalism as a way to uh, find an audience that's interested in a topic that, you know, uh, either I write about or those who are around me write about and focus on. Um, so what I mean by networking is networking in terms of, uh, what is it? I think we have a new mission statement. Grown in, uh, creates and cultivates, uh, commercial connections among, uh, professionals in the cannabis industry. So I love introducing people to one another. I've been doing it all my life. Uh, I, I created, uh, you know, um, not that I know how to code, but if you uh, Google me under like patents, I created an algorithm in 2003 that introduces professionals with complementary interests. Um, it was patented in, I don't know, 10, 11. I haven't made shit off of it. But the guy who paid for it um, was my first investor, a guy named uh, Jared Polis, who's currently the um, governor of Colorado. Right. And um, so what has grown in? I don't know. How's that spin? It's real in that um, 
we're not going to cover Illinois nearly to the depth that we could. Um, no one could. Uh, you know, Mike is irreplaceable. I mean, he's crazy. <laughs> no, one, no one in their right mind would try to do all of that and right. have the skill yeah. to do that. So we're not going to, I can't, and we no, wouldn't want to, nor is it necessarily the time. Now, three years ago, when we started the thing, um, remember, Illinois just went legal, and there was a story. I didn't know that there would be a story involving a pandemic and um, KPMG, mm-hmm. but it was a fucking yarn. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so uh, I think, like, that high-quality, like, reporting during that time for me, he was an entrepreneur that like likes to write, but you know tries to figure out how to make money. And you need an audience, and you need people, and you need uh, trust. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we. I was like, oh, we're onto something. And I don't think it was. It was partially us, lucky, a lot of luck, and also uh, we were talking about this earlier when we were setting up. Like, journalism is a, a, a diminishing uh, art. You know, the actual, like, pointing out accountability. Uh, it's expensive, obviously. I mean, we, Cronin's no longer uh, deploying journalism to that degree because it's an expensive thing, and uh, we're a, you know, small company. But when you do it, people recognize it, you know. When you're talking to people, you know, and you're questioning Think Hole, people recognize it, and people make better decisions off of it. So... What is Gronin doing now is it's an enormous, I got like you know, 10,000 readers that like are reading us closely and have relied on us for certain things. Mm-hmm. I and others, you know, our Gronin team, uh, Marcy and Kelsey and Adrian and all the wonderful folks at 1871 that are um, uh, doing this cannabis innovation lab with us. Uh, so we feel there's a tremendous obligation to honor people's time and understanding what Gronin is. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, I told you our mission statement. We're starting a, a, a 12-week program in Chicago at the Merchandise Mart, which is like right on the river. Um, at one point, it was the largest square footage of an office building in the United States. And on the 12th floor... There's a place called 1871. And 1871 is a business incubator that has uh, partnered with Grown In and uh, the city of Chicago. Now, this, we'll get into that <laughs> through uh, something called World Business Chicago. And uh, beginning on uh, January 23rd, 2023, we will be hosting uh, a series of online content for four days all around, and this is the fun part. So we're not reporting on Illinois uh, cannabis, but we're trying to bring everyone into the office at the same time. Can't afford to go everywhere. Sure. Fuck it. (laughs) Invite them to the merchandise mart (laughs) and uh, write things down as they happen because uh, my bet is uh, new stories will emerge over, um, most importantly, finding money from investors 
to build more dispensaries, build more craft grows, build more infusers, figure out what a transportation license is, not only because it's my job, but like you, I love weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So fourth wall. <laughs> I, I saw a Norman g- fell moment. We'll get into that. <laughs> what? How would you describe your change in audience? I don't know. Um, it's the same right now. I mean, I I I, I describe it because I'm obsessive, looking to see who opens what and how many people for sure. it. Um. So, like the literal audience of the grown in newsletter. Uh. I would say, you know, is is uh, cannabis executives, okay. big companies, mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of executives at the, you know, the Crescos, the GTIs, the Veranos, Tarmacan, Cure Leaf, Send, etc. But not just in Illinois, all across the um, fifteen or so markets that that we've been covering. And again, we will not be able to cover to the degree. Uh, regulation, litigation, and legislation in 15 states. Sure. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty cool that we were able to. But we know, I know, our team knows, we've been institutionalizing and taking a lot of notes. We know how all those states operate. Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of people in those states. Um, so um, in addition to the executives and the cannabis professionals, we'll say, uh, obviously a lot of Bud tender, retail, grower, our online education component, which serves um, you know, multiple companies in Illinois and across the country. That's not like the grown-in newsletter. That's more, uh, you want to become a bud tender? Yeah, you need a stamp sure. from the state to do it. But like, um, how do you use empathy mm-hmm. when you're selling to somebody that's never bought weed before? So we have an audience of retailers independent of our newsletter sure that you know we try to and other people do it and and some like we do some things well others do other things well um but we reach that and part of what our team now is trying to do is figure out how to bridge the executive and the retail Mm -hmm. you know because we're all in cannabis together and then our events you know our events um and the audience for the lab specifically um so we have a cohort uh in a business accelerator that um it's 25 or so newly licensed cannabis companies Mm -hmm. in illinois two or three of them have already raised a lot of money and they're up and running and you know who they are about 10 of them are trying to raise money maybe 10 to 15, all of them, everyone's trying to raise money. There's no money. So our audience are these companies that come to grown in and come to this place, 1871, which, um, prior to, you know, weed is like a new offshoot. Um, it's existed for 10 years originally to like make technology companies, Mm -hmm. technology, you know, you come in with an idea and a business plan and you spend a a few months or a year or two and all of a sudden you're up and running and you've raised some money, you have your own office, you're selling products. I uh, am quite familiar with that 1871 uh, community based on my previous work as a tech journalist in Chicago for 20 years. So I'm just, I don't know, it's a hybrid play 
weed yeah. and that space and this is a new industry let's go right i could have said let's roll that might have been nice eh, yeah i did i'm just not, not, it was not it wasn't as nice as it could have been yeah i'm yeah. impressed that you had the uh, mission statement off the top of your head with, yeah i mean we were we were smoking before the show so i was i was like is he going to be able to do this he did it he did it well so. <laughs> i forgot we were smoking <laughs> you forgot that we had smoked no 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 okay no. i was about to say that you, well you're on the same path as tommy chong he said that to me once he said that i asked him if if he waked and baked and he said honestly i can never remember when i do or don't <laughs> So well, sometimes I start thinking I have COVID, then I realize like, oh, I just ate a pot cookie. That's why I'm feeling weird. So uh, I did not see Up in Smoke contemporaneously, but I think Nice Dreams came out in like 80. Mm -hmm. I was six. <laughs> I was sold. You were sold on the Cheech and Chong? Yeah, very much. Hell yeah. You were six when you saw Cheech and Chong for yes. the first time? Did you? Now, now, I, now I realize why, why I do this. <laughs> Is that, it was that your, you remember I was telling you an epiphany I had where I was like, oh, this is what I've wanted to do. You had that when you were six, you were like, oh, well, I'm just joking. I like Tommy, you know, I mean, I like Cheech too. Sure. Um, Pee Wee Herman is in that, Paul Rubens. Mm -hmm. um, that was funny shit. I mean, they kind of jumped the shark, you know, things are tough all over maybe, or, you know, yeah. still smoking. Yeah. Uh, but I do like Born in East LA. Fuck yeah. Well, hey, um, let's eat some mushrooms if you want to. Uh, I mean, um, do you want to eat? No, no, I would, I would love to. I'm actually going to a, um, I know you were thinking about it earlier, so that's well, why I, I always think about it. <laughs> okay. But, so. uh, probably not good for me, but I might smoke a joint just to make you feel more comfortable. Well, that sounds good. Let's yeah, Let's get that joint sparked back okay. up. I'll just eat a little bit of mushrooms, like you it. know, um, <laughs> you know, what's funny is just really quick, I guess, before I get back to grown in. You know, the, the issue without having regulation is, is right here, right now, you know, like you would probably take some, if I could guarantee you that it was a small dose, but because that product's not regulated, I'm like, eh, it's a small amount of mushrooms. Who knows, well, who knows whether or not what it'd do to you. <laughs> one of the things about journalism is you shouldn't always make assumptions or you make assumptions, but you got to validate them. Sure. Um, no, if I eat mushrooms, I like to go balls out and I can't tonight. Okay. Okay. He just can't tonight. <laughs> well, cheers. Uh, I mean, thanks for providing smoke. Right. Um, so back to the question, uh, uh -huh. at hand, I had to sneak my little mushroom thing in there. That's okay. Um, are you going to do a, a psychedelics offshoot? Uh, Chilinoi is Chilinoi, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, we've kind of already talked about psychedelics and stuff. Um, Yes, by the time people have heard this episode, we probably will have unveiled our new psychedelic logo, which includes yeah. Chilinoy with mushrooms. So, you heard it here first, Chilinoy with mushrooms. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, so, this the reason, and maybe you already knew this, but the ah. reason I asked that question is because mm -hmm. I feel like, and, you know, feel free to take this the wrong way, but there's no reason to, I feel like grown ins, maybe not for me anymore. <laughs> like, That's I, cool. I, but, um, but no, no shit. No, thank you for telling me that. No, I wanted to clarify. I wanted yeah. to ask you though, cause you just said maybe what, let me just ask you this. Will you, you said you won't be reporting as in depth, but will you still have some reporting? I Yo, guess a hundred percent, a thousand percent. No, no, no. Okay. Um, it's not like we're not going to report. I don't know if we're going to be the first ones to, let everyone know 
when something's fucked up in the next licensing round. Okay. We were then. Sure. Someone else has got to do that because um, it's important. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Uh, it's not as – so, no. We're, if you're in the cannabis industry or want to be in the cannabis industry, uh, we will – and, you know, not just the newsletter, but online, LinkedIn, in-person events. It's all about weed. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, being a, a professional in the legal weed industry. So, um, while we will not, and you know, aren't really set up anymore to report like that, I think, um, I think if you live in Illinois, particularly, um, and are in the industry, in addition to, you know, the new cannabis companies emerging and like everything that we've talked about from, you know, um, Illinois social equity licenses, uh, the litigation, uh, capital concern, like right now, the, back then the story was litigation mm-hmm. right now. There's no litigation story right. right now. The story is these companies can't ma- raise money. Mm-hmm. So, um, all grown in is doing with 1871 and what we'd be doing on a newsletter what we'll be doing on um, daily Zooms the week of July 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th with 1871 is recognizing where we are via video uh, with an assortment of guests from the big companies, from the newly licensed companies, a lot of investors, mm-hmm. a lot of investors saying why they can't put money in these companies. Some of it is the market. Some of it is these companies, um, what I've learned, and maybe I am reporting right now, have a presentation. Like when you pitch investors for like millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. it's not optimal to have financial projections that were made in 2019 when you applied for the license. Sure. So if I'm reporting anything right now, you say, why should I read my newsletter? I get a little defensive. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what we're doing. Gotcha. So we're taking a few weeks off. Uh, we have been a lot of changes at the company, you know, mm-hmm. um, some wonderful people that were, you know, there very, very early on um, are, are doing other things. So we have a new team, we have a new model, but um, it's all about how to get smarter yeah. In this industry. And we're in Illinois. Yeah. So, now, we're gonna, you know, I, thought, I think we're pretty good. I thought we weren't going to break the news that I was the new grown in model. I'm just joking. Like bikini I, model? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, like yeah, there's well, going to be a grown in ad and it's just going to be me. I think, um, I think grown in should uh, collaborate with <laughs> young bucks like yourself to make sure our audience knows what's going on. Yeah. I that's was, just me trying to get you to work for free. Yeah. And that was just me trying to make a pun out of, out of nothing. No, just man. because you're good at that. That was me, oh, yeah. so a swing and a miss by me. Um, but oh, yeah. that question, Brad, uh, just like it, it was supposed to be a compliment. It's an honest question, but it's also supposed to be a compliment because uh, I felt like, yeah, the reporting you guys offered really um, did help out the consumer. You know, and, oh, yeah. I, and I guess I just was worried, you know, as, as you oh. move towards innovation lab, um, it, and it, I just didn't know how that 
looks, so, you know. So. I mean, like, in terms of the consumer, of which I've been, well, consumer, yeah, it's 90, 91, something like that. Um, I, let's, I am as interested in uh, reporting and detailing and participating in consumption uh, locations as I am anything else. Like, um, I know that I made the term, like you just said consumer and I, I went a different way, but uh, I heard what you were talking about. Like, first of all, Mundelein is like the Wisconsin state border, dude. Not, oh. Ch- not Chicago. <laughs> Even the guy from Beverly is like it's halfway. Hey. No, it's like right there. Why do you think it does so well? <laughs> people from you know people from Wisconsin come down and they fucking go to Rise. Can I ask you really quick before? Uh, sorry yeah. to just send us on a tangent, but are we in Chicago right now? We are in Chicago. We are one mile due west of Wrigley Field. Okay. I think it's called Roscoe Village. Well, it's like as soon, see, I do that all the time. I'll be like, oh, I'm in Chicago, and they're like, no, you're in Joliet or something. I don't know. I just thought of a random name, but anyways. I like Juliet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't spend that much time there, but I like it. Yeah. Jake, uh, Jake, I just, Jake Blues did, did a couple years there. Yeah. And I just learned that, that Elwood is actually a town as well. I didn't re- like, I just thought it was the character's name. I didn't realize Did you look that at was... that because Elwood's on a pen? On his, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, yep. we're, uh, cut from the same cloth. Looks that way. <laughs> so feels that way. Um, yeah, I don't like, I want to go where the story is. We're going to have a lot more video. We're going to have a lot more in-person events. We're going to try to create, um, we, we are fortunate enough to have a lot of people, um, that are interesting in the cannabis industry and they're not just working for the companies. They're not just working for the licensees you know, like, um, like in the area of food innovation, so like my office right now is in the merchandise mart, like Conagra is down the hall. And, you know, sometimes I'll talk about weed in the bathroom and people are like, oh, we're working on that. Not literally, but what my job is and what I'm trying, what my beat is, you know, just not in a newsletter is more uh, the normalization of cannabis. Like, sure. And doing that out of Chicago you can like, you could be regional in that. Well, I live in Illinois, and the biggest problem in Illinois right now is the fact that dozens and dozens of companies can't raise money to sell more weed. We talked about that. That's the biggest problem, and that's maybe the biggest problem nationally, because I did think that when in '19, one of the reasons why I kind of jumped into this, uh, I, I don't think that you know it was the most progressive model for um, legalizing. You know, you, you, on your last episode, you had a little talk about social equity. I'd be happy to unpack my definition and your definition, yeah. what that is. But, um, you know, it's been implement, it's implementation has been preposterous, but no one's ever tried it before. So we have nothing to compare it to. Right. And right. so why not make it a little bit better? You know, mm-hmm. that's like, I'm a fucking hippie optimist and a journalist. <laughs> Hell yeah. And you know, I'm making payrolls. Hell yeah. Well, um, I, I appreciate you getting into that oh yeah social Um, equity so what what is your definition of social equity now i could play the reporter sure (laughs) it's fun well i'm gonna just be straight with you that i don't i guess i don't know what it is anymore because i what i thought it was uh 
was like so i thought that we agreed that the drug war was a clear failure uh, i thought that we've agreed you know that for the second time we've learned that prohibition doesn't work right i don't want to say the second time because i actually like to throw in there that with roe versus wade i would say that you know, I feel like one of the most convincing arguments for, for women's health and the women, a woman's right to choose is that you can't end abortions. You can only end safe and regulated abortions. Right. So I don't, that's another example where I think we've learned in our society that you cannot like have a prohibition on something, right? Never a good idea. Just not a good idea. So with that said, you like lay that groundwork. I think the quote on an Illinois website with regard to cannabis right now is that we have the most safe and equitable cannabis, sorry, equitable and accessible cannabis industry in in, ever. Uh, Using what, using what measure? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's hard. We've, what I liked is that we've tried. It clearly is not. Yeah. Right. But it's all, I'm trying to think what might be. And they're all bad. I feel like I've figured out how to boil it down to the two camps of thought. Yeah. So there are two camps of thought. And and this is where I'm like, so I feel like I still haven't answered your question, first of all. I forgot my desk. You You asked me what I thought was social equity. And I, I, like I said, I don't know that I know anymore, but I was led to believe it's this idea that, you know, in society, we acknowledged we acknowledge that there are already barriers to entry, whether that be through capital or through like things like racism, whatever else has happened in the past. Like we acknowledge that these things are real. And so how do we approach it and do it? Here's the word equitably, right? Got it. And so I thought, I I thought that it was like, not only do the rich white guys get a chance, but also like the, the idea was always, and I remember before potted, been legalized people were like oh i've been buying weed from my guy all these years he's probably going to be able to open up his shop and it's like well right no okay you know and so so uh i i know i feel like i didn't totally answer your question but no you did you 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 are because you also talked about it you know i just watched your show to get (laughs) prepped so i don't remember it yeah i can remember it that you kind of came in with that like so so let me frame it as um equitable should be maybe uh, lower barriers to entry in, to get into the business. Yeah. Um, whereas I believe the uh, intent, you know, and you know, uh, we could obviously uh, have, talk about the pros and cons of limited licensure. Um, but, but when the word social equity was applied to the Illinois market as limited as it was, what I interpreted it to be was the intent to allow, you know, I think the terms are, uh, uh, you know, people uh, disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs or yep. live in uh, poor communities. I literally lifted that from Robert McPoppin's article in the Tribune, but I thought, I think that's a pretty good uh, synopsis. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that would mean, like, it's crazy. Uh, a year and a half ago, before the pandemic, like, those licenses, like, could have been worth three-plus million dollars. Whatever. I mean, there were yeah. a lot of speculation and this and that, but everyone was just kind of, um, 
Am I allowed to say this? I'm going to. You can say anything. Yeah. Masturbatory <laughs> movement mm -hmm. of marijuana licensures. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to do five million here and three million there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I mean, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but like, it wasn't really worth anything because no one knew if they were going to open. Mm -hmm. um, now, so so back to social equity, like, okay, you invest tens to you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to get the best application written, um, mainly being screwed by a lot of charlatans. Right. And, um, you, get, you know, and because you think there's going to be generational wealth off like one or a couple dispensaries based on that logic at the time. Uh, so I believe in, um, if, and, and I think that there's still an opportunity to uh, better incorporate everybody in this industry uh, with a particular emphasis on those who've gotten fucked. Yeah. And that means uh, people that have gotten arrested. And uh, really that... And that's mostly not rich white people, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I don't know how you do that, but what I admired about the legislation that was signed was they tried, and then, you know, we're smoking a joint from Phil Stefani three years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How'd that happen? It's crazy. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Green Rose. Yeah. Um, One so, of the first... So give people background, please. Connected. I mean, and it's fine. It's a good joint. Um, but... So if we're talking about the history of Illinois and, um, you know, when I started covering it and what was really interesting in like two, 2020, yeah. not 2000, um, remember if, um, you know, so applications come out January 1st, um, supposed to be March I and mean, we all know the story, but just to paraphrase a little bit, um, uh, pandemic hits, um, you know, a little bit of a delay. And then, you know, there were some irregularities in the scoring process, which was, um, um, you can always find it in the grown in archives. Mm -hmm. uh, well, paywall. We're going to remove the paywall soon too, okay. as soon as possible. Once I figure out how <laughs> you're <a> techie. <laughs> yeah. You need me to help you? Maybe. <laughs> um, getting there, but it's changing. It's going to be all accessible, everything. Nice. Um, but uh, we appreciate you and everyone that subscribed to what was a noble venture um, that, that obviously did not um, provide an economic return that we thought. It was an honor. Thank you. Well, it's, it, was, it was worth paying for. It, was, it really know, was. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so back to 2020 and, uh, you know, we... we shitty scoring process because they outsourced it, you know, to a, a cheap company in Florida. But, you know, and, and then the veterans thing got in there and this is Illinois. Like, I don't, like, it, it was very, uh, it, it's a very Illinois and Chicago thing that, you know, with that intent, like the first, um, First folks that are happening to open are, you know, and there's no fault to anybody that's fortunate enough to be there, but, you know, the, uh, a restaurateur, a um, uh, gentleman, uh, uh, Jay Stewart, who I think worked in Quinn's administration um, when yep. medical was passed, and, you know, you know the rules, you can apply for them, and jobless. Uh, 
Um, I think who is it? Ross Morialli? Yeah, from Ataraxia. Ataraxia. Yeah, uh, who you may know as Verano for listeners. Heard of him. So, um, I mean, that's the one, you know, I'm in the Merchandise Mart, which is in the uh, River North. Uh, what do we got here? This is uh, from Symponia Farms in Michigan. Oh, you were doing it last time. Yeah, really good mm. stuff. I don't know which strain. I just threw a mixture of them, honestly. Um, so it's either Critical Hog, Mandarin Skittles, or they're smacking. So we'll be smoking all smacking and cracking, smacking and cracking, baby. Um, um, but yeah, you were saying uh, 2020. All yeah, that. yeah. So, but social equity now. So it's like okay. So now, what can we do to honor that mission of social equity? And again, like I've spent, I spent three years kind of, and before really quick, yeah. I don't want to cut off, but what you, you point out those names and the oh, reason yeah. that those names Thank you. stand out is because people have begun to ask, is that social equity? Is that, is that uh, why I, you I, think I, those I, names I, are notable I, I, or I, what? Um, uh, I think that it's very Chicago yeah, and very Illinois, meaning that. I'm sure uh, by the letter of everything, it is. Right, right. However, um, I don't think it's a coincidence that, like, that, that's first. And, and that's just, you know, 35,000 feet, when you get beyond that that's, like, not spiritually equitable. Yeah. That just may how, be how this shit expands. Like, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm generally in favor like, uh, like that's just pot, illegal, Chicago, something like it, 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 it's got to kind of crack through. I think the bigger thing is, uh, regardless of the number of licenses, limited light, like think bigger than that. Like I want Lollapalooza to have kiosks like this summer. Why not? I mean, right. I, I know, I know no one's. You could have a North Star. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a uh, there's an opportunity here. Remember, like I'm a old tech reporter, you know, and I'm into so I, I cover big companies, yeah. obviously. And um, so, you know, we we big companies have um, you know certainly a position in how new licenses are achieved in Illinois, mm -hmm. obviously, but. You know, publicly traded companies, um, um, Cresco, Green Thumb, uh, Verano, uh, I think are the, the three publicly traded uh, cannabis companies in Chicago. And then you get, obviously got Pharmacan and Cure Leaf and this and that. Like, there's a critical mass of like smart people working for cannabis companies downtown. And they see what we see and they understand, like, but if this city can merge those people with like Mondelez, you know Mondelez? Oreos, right? Get high on an Oreo and eat more Oreo. <laughs> yep. So that's what Chicago can do. That's, that's what I see. That's what I've seen for like three or four years. Um, so yeah, that's my beat. And um, like, you know, where we're, so we have an office every day. Anyone, all you and all of your listeners are welcome to visit us at the Cannabis Innovation Lab. Fuck yeah. 
which is in River North, uh, Chicago. Uh, Merchandise Mart, a um, little history of that. It was started by Marshall Fields. Okay. And um, it was, uh, for many years, uh, owned by uh, the Kennedy family. It was acquired by Joseph Kennedy, the patriarch of the <laughs> Kennedy families. Do you know how they made money? Uh, moonshine, maybe? Or am I wrong? What are we doing? Smoking weed and getting really high right now? Well, it's moonshine. <laughs> This is, you just put this from Michigan. This, is, oh. this isn't legal. Hey. This is. I'm just joking. <laughs> mushroom guy. You're right. No, it's like. <laughs> you need a lighter? Yeah. Um, oh, you got one? Yeah. There. Like, so. No, no you're right. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but Chicago also has, I mean, we're, we're, we're innovative in uh, establishing commercial markets, you know. Financial derivatives, um, meat packing, yeah, a lot of things. Like we, you know, a lot of people are heartbroken that Safe didn't pass. You know, I I think we're all looking for federal guidance to normalize this shit somehow, some way. Yeah, you know, and I I'd like to think it will sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So like what I'm doing, what the lab's doing, what we're is thinking about like not only what's life's now, but on the other side, right. When we can be in multiple, if you want to work at a weed company, it doesn't have to just be like selling or growing and some corporate stuff. Like it's going to be incorporated in like, you know, PepsiCo will have like a weed division. That'd be fun. Yeah. I don't uh, too much sugar, (laughs) but like the Quaker Oats, you know, the Quaker Oats and like, Think about that. Think about all the different weed oatmeals you can have. Mm -hmm. Like our town has that. If everyone starts talking to each other, we can actually, you know. Anyways. We'll do it live. No, but champagne. So so, uh, Mark Andreessen. Right. Like, what do you know about Mark Andreessen um, in, in terms of like what he did in champagne? He created the first internet browser mosaic. Is that correct? That is it. Okay. The internet as we know it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Was created in Champagne. I know this, or I've heard this from hundreds of technology venture capitalists, entrepreneurs, dot-com executives that I spent 20 years covering in Chicago. Everyone in Chicago lamented that... Um, Mark Andreessen, who remains one of the most prominent, innovative venture investors like in the planet. I don't agree with him on, on a lot of things, but he's, he's done okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good, nice yeah. computer science degree from the University of Illinois. <laughs> um, the fact that he left for California because he could not find capital and innovation around Champaign or in Chicago was seen as like, you know, like, uh, like Steve Bartman and the foul ball. Like we yeah. just missed it. Yeah. And for a decade it was like, ugh. <laughs> so um, you're from there. I cover tech. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so it was always referenced. And so um, why 1871 where I work was created was to like identify the next Mark Andreessen. 
identify and like you know you ever use cameo mm-hmm. yeah that that 1871 dna started there like totally part of the ecosystem uh Very cool. spot hero yeah rod blagojevich is on cameo well <laughs> so on your last episode it was 09 that blagojevich was getting impeached yeah. so you were on it nice nice hell yeah I wasn't very, uh, you know how old I am. I well, wasn't it was, conscious it was at the, the time. Um, you know, because they, he was on tape trying to uh, sell uh, Obama's Senate seat. Yeah. And Obama got elected in 08, and so this was like 09. Yeah. Um, but that would have been funny. I didn't know. Um, I know Quinn ultimately was the one that um, got the medical through, but I didn't right. know Blago was into it, but... Um, you know, maybe maybe he should be more opportunistic next time. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. You were talking about Cameo and, and Cameo in 1871. So it's like, okay, yeah. put all these companies in there. Yeah, I'm not. You know, uh, I observed that. You know, and like it started in 2012, 13, 14. You know, and mm-hmm. you're a tech guy. Like, so I saw it, and um, you know, and in between, you know, Chicago had like Groupon and Grubhub, and again, I like. I wrote for the Chicago Sun-Times, like, weekly columns for years during Did that time. stuff start in Chicago? Groupon, Grubhub? Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, gotcha. No, I'm... Respect. I, I, had, I had two chances uh, to be among Groupon's first 10 employees. Oh, snap. Yeah. Those things will happen. Yeah. That guy's hilarious. Uh, Andrew uh, Mason. No, I, like, I'm the contemporaries of all those people, and I was... What I did for what I'm doing for grown in and what I did, you know, I did for years mm-hmm. with like the Grubhub guys. I wrote their first story when they raised a million dollars. Now I'm sounding like an old journalist. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I'm a middle aged journalist. Yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting grays too. You may not have seen them, but no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I, I've been in this weed thing for like, three years now there's a lot of companies and a lot of innovators you don't have to be a grower you you know you just want to be in the industry you want to do something for the industry sure um we're opening our doors on the 12th floor to you your listeners readers anyone that's serious about creating a company or a career in this industry nice please come to see us that's that's why we're there we're there. We're talking weed all day, and you know, figuring out a different way to um, capture that information digitally, so we can share it yeah. more efficiently. But this is now our beat. Like, um, I do think that there are connections between corporate, like traditional Chicago, Illinois business, Archer Daniels Midland. I don't know, and weed. Sure. Like they should be talking. We should all be talking. Absolutely. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, you know, I was going to ask about that if it was, you know, cause some of these, uh, incubator programs that I've read about, I actually have since found out that they do provide capital to, uh, the people that are a part of the incubator program, but a lot of, or at least some of them, I don't mean to say a lot of them, some of the ones that I've looked at kind of sounded like just McDonald's university. Like how do I become, yeah, you know, how yeah, do I yeah. sell this? But that it's this cool. Different that, play. This, this is, I've been a venture capital reporter since 1999. 
um, I, I started, I've, um, that has been my beat. I know hundreds and have interviewed hundreds, if not thousands of venture capital investors. Um, my, uh, my thesis in this endeavor is that most of those investors and most investors in the world have never gotten into cannabis, but are kind of curious. Sure. Like they might not be looking for, you know, everyone wants a, a return, but like, how about supporting a weed company? Cause I like weed and let's mm -hmm. do that. And, um, you know, they're, they are, they're out there with like, it's, we're in a recession and cannabis, we're in a depression, but there's money. Um, and if those people can be introduced to the best and brightest social equity uh, uh, license holders in retail, craft grow, infuser, and transport that are, that are in our accelerator, mm -hmm. then that will create more weed companies with more employees and more jobs and more energy. That is like, I don't know. That's our. That's kind of our business model right now, because if, if we get we get everyone in that room, talking, like we we um, did you, you, we we should have given you a better heads up on the Springfield Illinois uh, cannabis business conference. Like we were gonna see each other that day, or am I just imagining that? I think that that may have happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's, we were real busy before that one. Yeah. So uh, I wish uh, we could have coordinated and you, you, you could have observed um, um, what, uh, you know, Gronin did, like Mike Fouché expertly um, produced in September. What I'm pretty sure is the largest legal drug deal in the history of Cook County. <coughs> Tell me more. Okay. Um, so this is, this is also like a story of a, a grown-in as a startup evolving its business model. Sure. Um, more in-person networking, matchmaking. In this case, um, I don't know, it was sometime in September, summer day, at the Chicago Public School Teachers Union headquarters is where it was held. Masks were required. <laughs> and uh, there were 11 big cannabis companies. All of them, like 11 of the 18. Um, Pharmacan, Cresco, Green Thumb, Ascend, um, Bedford, um, no, I got rid of all of them. They're all still getting pissed. <laughs> right, right. Revolution. Uh, Nature's Grace and Wellness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New Era, yeah. which is now two companies. I don't know if you know that. Didn't know that. See? I could, I could just sit on a story forever. And yeah. Still be news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are many other gracious uh, uh, cultivators and sponsors mm -hmm. that we... Um, uh, brought in really the only other attendees were uh, owner operators of 58 licensed companies uh, in Illinois, retailers and infusers in this case. Mm -hmm. And we matched 
we did meetings. We scheduled a lot of meetings. Remember, I've done algorithms around this stuff. Um, every cultivator, you know, had like 15 meetings with new operators um, in Chicago. And then we did it another one like a week later in Springfield. Um, and, you know, we, we, we in, in the you know, intervening weeks and months, like we were hearing that like, you know, people that own an infuser license, they got to meet like five or six big companies. And they're like, well, I think uh, now we got to hire a lawyer because we, we have a legal agreement and we can do business. <laughs> so that's, you know, a little bit of progress. And so like, if those things can happen, you know, and regardless of like, you know, however we got here with big companies having licenses and small companies having licenses, they're all going to need to do business with each other. Sure. They're all like the big companies want to sell more weed through more stores. Mm -hmm. Period. Right. You know, and these stores need the big companies to buy the weed because the craft grow is going to be like 2055. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. Sorry, yeah. Scott. <laughs> is that a uh, Scott from uh, Illinois craft grow? Is that a shout He's out my guy. He's my yeah. neighbor. Oh, okay. I wasn't even looking at the uh, camera. I can you were go, looking at him. There's Scott, like a mile away. Hey, Scott. <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, <laughs> I don't mean to break from what we were just talking yes, about, no, but because we've true. been kind of spider webbing here. Perhaps. Uh, well, we're smoking on weed, you know. Ah, we've been smoking a lot. on mushrooms. Weed. Yeah, you know. Dude. It's just what happens okay. sometimes. It's the Chillinois podcast. You never know what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. So, uh I wanted to get back to the topic of social equity for a second yeah. to, to ask you, yeah, like I get it now after I feel stupid, honestly, after all this time, because it's like you ask, I didn't know, like, what is the purpose or sorry, what are the purpose of these limitations? And I guess it's so that people don't get to quote um, JB Pritzker edged out. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean. Ultimately, again, I want it in our oatmeal tomorrow. I want Lollapalooza tomorrow. Like yeah. that involves an expansion of licensure and a different kind of regulatory sure. regime. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, you, you get a lot through the way you get a lot through. And this is what we got. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I guess to, to it, it, what I'm addressing right now is the frustration people have where we look on the website, like I see, and you see equi the most equitable and accessible yeah, cannabis it's a market. Bunch of bullshit. And you, what website is that? I'm it's maybe it's, I don't know, folks, Google, uh, Illinois cannabis. It's a, it's uh, uh, maybe the CROO's website actually. I mean, I maybe it's, it's not bullshit. I should see it. I, 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 in order to make a claim like that, well, One would have to know. To be fair, yeah, to the measure, point. the evaluation under what metric are right. you making that assessment? Right, and with, so and comparing to who? Exactly, and so to your point, um, I've had the the head regulator from Oregon on. Which check that interview out. Yeah. I think you might you might just because it's very interesting how open other regulators are compared to to our state. Just saying, like I know you've probably talked to regulators and they'll hesitate to give you their opinion on the record. This guy was very different. Like he'll, he'll tell you his professional answer, but he'll also give you the opinion on the matter. But any, anyways, I had asked him about the idea of social equity because there were headlines back in the day. And this is what Illinois officials use all the time. Like uh, as an argument against limited licensing, they say, well, look at what happened in Oregon. Look at what happened in Oklahoma. Like it just, the, the price of weed fell so low because there was so much weed and people lost money and everything else. 
And so Vice actually did an interview with him back in the day. I featured that in my um, interview because I wanted to ask him again. Uh, so they, they asked him, would you do it again? You know, uh, a lot of people lost money. The price of weed fell to the bottom. Would you do it again? And he said, yeah. It, the question is, would you keep it open? You know, unlimited issuance mm -hmm. of licenses. And he said, yeah. Uh, you know, I know that people opened doors and failed, but they at least had the opportunity to fail and they knew what they were getting into, frankly, like they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. And Mike Fouché told me about this concept of the biggest fool, you know, and then like, and I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I totally understood it just based off of what he told me, no, but he, I have a, he was probably talking about me. No, no. <laughs> he was talking about Michigan. Actually, ah! he's talking about Michigan. Yes. Um, so he was, <laughs> he was basically saying, um, that oh, there were a lot of biggest fools in Michigan. Oh, and there, those... there are hundreds of them. They're still getting killed right now. But my my point is, and this is what he said, he said, well, we haven't done a disparity study yet. So he said, I guess I can't say factually and point at data yet. But he's like, I'm willing to bet that if you took, if we did a disparity study, we would have more, quote unquote, social equity than any other state because we allowed people to participate. And that's kind of I feel like that's where all the rage comes from with regard to licensing it's because some people like myself admittedly didn't understand it's like I didn't look at the fine print and that's my fault but like having said that just, these are, you know we, we just have different interpretations so I don't even know if anyone's right or wrong fair fair but that I guess that's my question that I'm trying to ask today and I finally heard it was crazy to hear J.B. Pritzker say it so clearly at Ivy Hall he said, you know, people will say, let's just open up the market. You know, other states have all these licenses. And he's like, but what you see is people getting edged out. And he's like, by limiting the licenses, he said, we are allowing social equity to occur. And I was like, wait a minute. That's what social. I was like, OK, I, thank you for saying it that way, because now I get the state's well, position on it, which is to limit it so that the prices can be not only the prices, but the value of the license can be artificially inflated. You know. Well, now that you bring up uh, Governor uh, Pritzker, uh, it would you know, be remiss not to say that um, when he was, was an active venture capitalist, he, um, I interviewed him dozens of times. Mm -hmm. and You should hit him up and see if he can stop by, like well, right now. No, I'm just joking. No, <laughs> and, and I mean... I'm just trying to be we, funny. We never talked mushrooms. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I do recall talking South Park with him like in 2000, like a year after the movie came out. Like, mm -hmm. So I've known him a while and he, he, uh, among, helped provide, uh, capital and like energy to 1871. Oh, cool. Not, it wasn't like, Hey Brad, do this. Sure. But I knew he did that and there's this. So, um, like I, he, I, I look at Governor Pritzker, um, you know, relative to uh, the state's uh, challenges of uh, implementing a social equity program with a full degree of fidelity mm -hmm. uh, relative to, you know, when I just talked about venture capitalists, he's, I, I got to know him when he was a venture capitalist and uh, Governor, Governor Polis of Colorado, I, I, I've, uh, uh, worked with uh, in the past commercially as they were venture capitalists. Um, I look at them as a proxy toward how we can find more 
uh, meaningful money in this industry. You know, I'm just, I'm doing a fair amount of the legwork, <laughs> the 12th floor of the merchandise mart right now. But, uh, you know, just shaking bushes. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, you, <clears throat> you agree with, like, that's really the, do you think, do you agree where that's, like, the big misconception, like, if, where people were frustrated, like, they didn't understand that that actually is the function of these limitations, it's too... Well, allow people to make money. It's I mean, hard enough to make you know, or, money. Or, or yeah. I mean, remember, outside of the economics and like small business creation, entrepreneurship, valuation, etc. Like three years ago, Naperville didn't want this shit. Right. Right. So it wasn't. I, I did not. I wasn't there when they made the law, but I, I would imagine, like, there would be some concern going from like zero to two fifty. <laughs> Fair enough, but, but but I guess what I'm saying is all the companies we've been talking about, um, which by the way, pass me that joint. Ah. Uh, the companies we've been talking about, like this they one? all look for, uh, yes, they have it outlined in their own stock portfolio or whatever. I'm not going to pretend to understand that. They've got it. They talk about it all the time with their investors. We look for play. I, <laughs> we 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 look for places with high population, oh, yeah. high tourism, and limited competition. Of course. Why? Because well, we can make money here. And I well, get like, it. Uh, but it's like, yeah, of course. Well, the same companies. Uh, so all the states, grown in, um, uh, has invested uh, uh, journalistic resources within. Aside from uh, Michigan have that same regulatory uh, framework and structure and host uh, many of those companies that, that either started in Illinois, the ones I listed off, or like, you know, the Ascends of the world or, uh, or, or whatnot, because, uh, yeah, that is for a, a, a multitude of reasons. And um, uh, that's the way the laws are written in blue states currently. Yeah, it just, it seems weird that, basically the only it seems like the only way you can sustain a business is if you ensure not everybody can get in business well yeah um you know because like you talked about dot com like they there was some of that back in the day where people were trying to like edge their way in you know and i get it that just happens as a part of competition but this is like the weird case and mike actually and I'm not going to be able to probably articulate what he said, but I asked him, what other, in what other place does the government play this role in ensuring that businesses can, see, can succeed by limiting competition? And he said, health insurance, banking, something else. Um, and so I was like, well, shit, there's three that I, did, I wasn't even aware of. So I guess the government does play this role. Yeah. You know? And again, it's federally illegal. So it's not the right. government. It's 38 different state governments. Sure. Of uh, which states Malta, you know, it's complicated. It's fascinating. I mean, for you know, the journalist in me, like this, this is continues to be a fascinating beat. You know, the entrepreneur in me is shaking bushes because it's, you know, it's tough out there. Yeah. But would you agree as an entrepreneur? Like, it sounds harsh, but would you agree as if you kind of want to be successful in cannabis, you kind of got to be like, hey, let's keep it small. Eh, I don't know. Uh, it, dep- it depends. I guess on, it's hard to say. That's a hard on where question. the market is at any sure. given time. I mean, there were a lot of people that made a lot of money going big uh, early on, but yeah. you know, if we're going back and forth, like you know, on the tech theme, and you know, you're 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 from Urbana, so Netscape was uh, went public in '95, 
And that's kind of that, that literally, you know, what Mark Andreessen created, uh, you know, it was a big accelerant to the dot-com boom. Mm-hmm. Um, the equivalent, I think, uh, to, to that is not like there's been no Netscape yet in cannabis, but there will be. Yeah. And you'll have to be big. Yeah. Um, we're, we're still early on. We're early, like we're in the, you know, early to midnight. We are not yet in 1995 in internet years. Yeah. I'd like to think we're 94, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you don't know until it happens. And then, you know, the laws change the internet. Um, in 96, the telecommunications act really created the infrastructure for, you know, this modern economy that we lived in, but it didn't exist, you know, and so safe or normalization or federal legal, like we'll create an industry and not, you know, um, and however, uh, uh, large the cannabis industry becomes, we're only at a, at a minuscule part of it now because none of that has happened yet. So right now it pays to be small unless you can afford larger. Mm-hmm. But if you can't afford it, everyone, every big company, even the biggest companies, the smallest companies are very tight on cash right now. So it pays to be lean, nimble, and agile. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the markets will turn and more people will get in and you'll be able to invest in more things, which mean more people. And that's a really fun time too. But right now, pays to be small, but it's not always going to be that way. Sure. And I think at a Cranes thing that you said, or you would attended um, a while ago, somebody from Pharmacan actually made a statement that these limitations they acknowledge will not always be a thing, you know, and whether it's because people like me bitch about them or because, you know, they are just acknowledging the reality is, is, you know, your guess is as good as mine. But, uh, um, I wanted to ask you today, you mentioned, uh, thinking bigger than licensing. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of tired of talking about like license, like, because, because now I feel like I've, I feel like I've figured it out. I don't mean to say I've got it all figured out, but uh. you know, the, the law is written the way that it is. The, if you want any changes, really, you, you got to write, you got to write new law, uh, you know, or, or the disparity and demand study, I guess, could I mean, provide well, new things and new let's, opportunities. Let's talk but, near term. I mean consumption so you said that there were there are two consumption stores downstate and there's one up here in mandalin yeah and then there's the bus you ever do the sesh bus yeah the bus is yeah that's interesting um you got phil at high minded Mm -hmm. creates great experiences uh i've been to a hush event you know um ambrose 1937 they put on a killer one i mean they tried to put on the flower ball um, you know, and so I look at consumption, like, yeah, we have to wait for more stuff, but like, let's push the envelope on consumption. Yeah. I, so what I was going to say, I agree with you. I will say that I agree with you Thank on you. consumption. Um, because it's, yeah, it's crazy how many public consumption bars uh, there are around here. I mean, there are holes in the wall. Pro- there's probably one just to, we could probably walk to one right now. Right. Like. Yeah, very much. So, Maybe we will. But yeah, exactly. But and by the way, uh, it's three forty. I'm good, dude. You're good on time. Okay, oh, cool. Yeah. So what I think is like a huge issue that that personally I'm gonna 
set my targets on is is home grow uh home grow and removing criminal penalties for simple possession of cannabis because those are two things that i think should should have been included in the crta there was another proposal at the time that uh maybe since you watched episode 232 of the podcast you're ah. familiar with, um, Carol Ammons had a proposal which had um, home grow and the removal of penalties, and she gave a really, really strong speech after the fact, and w- what she really leaned, after the uh, CRTA was passed and was going to Governor Pritzker's office, what she really leaned into was, this will not end the war on drugs. And I don't necessarily, I want to be very candid and like before I get into this and saying that I have not seen any recent data from the Illinois State Police pre-CRTA or sorry post-CRTA I've seen pre-CRTA data I've not seen much post-CRTA data but the I have seen enough articles that people are still getting in trouble um, I know a cannabis defense attorney who says he's still a cannabis defense attorney and it's not that he's litigating for companies he's litigating for individuals um, my, my thing is, yeah, consumption, since we've got room in the law, absolutely. Let's get that thing going. I don't know why there's not more lounges. And maybe if you know more about that, I'd love to hear like your, maybe your take on that. But like my issue is I thought we agreed this war on drugs was stupid. Like the fact that you can, you, I, I mean, are you a medical card holder? Can I ask you that? Nah, it's so if you, uh, so let's just say you said it's complicated. Let's just say the answer is no. Um, <laughs> so cause that was no, a, no, it's complicated. I just said don't uh, don't have time to fill that out. Oh, oh, gotcha. I was like, that's a weird answer. Um, no, it's compl. I see. Un- understood. So you so okay. So with that in mind, <laughs> if you got caught with more than thirty grams, that I, I mean. I don't know. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what if you're no, going you to do a pile? With, you can have a whole fucking glad bag in your shotgun. Like you can do. I mean, I just you think about you. You just said a lot. Like I go whenever we go to football games. Like just maybe it's just my family. In your car. Not 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 like a shotgun. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Maybe it's just my family, but I don't think it is because I've seen other people on Sunday. They put a couple of thirty packs in their uh, cart, and are they drinking all that? Maybe, but. Speaking from experience, I bring more than I can drink or more than I can smoke in this case. You know, yes. I brought more than I can smoke because it's it's a experience, you know? And so what the fuck are possession limits? Like, it just oh, seems... Oh, bullshit. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yes, yours is better. Yeah, I, I, I like, I'm looking at, like, you know, business models sure. and an opportunity. But in terms of the law, yeah, no one should ever do time for touching this stuff. Yeah, it's so stupid that it that it continues to be that. Or, but, or well. even, I mean, businesses can have the discretion, I suppose, not to allow anyone that smokes pot, and employees can have the discretion not to work at those companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, there's certain skill functions. I get it, but like. Remove that stigma right away. Yeah. So I want to do something that I think will be a first for the Chillinoy podcast. Um, uh, I'm going to go use the restroom. That's not a first. I've yes. had to use the restroom. I'm, I'm glad you said that because right. I am too. Do we just put these down and come back? Yeah, yeah. Let's I was going to say. Cool. Thank God.
Like I have to like plan it out, <laughs> you know? So anyways, whereas, you know, at what point prior to avatar do you ingest on mushrooms? That is the bigger question. I'm trying to figure that out actually. Um, because I'd like to go and watch it on mushrooms. I hear that it's, uh, a great film like in 3d. So that sounds like the perfect coupling with mushrooms. Immersive. Um, yeah. It also sounds, I mean, it's a, you know, the show has, or the movie, at least the first one had some really heartfelt themes. Cause I, so I could see myself getting emotional through it because of the mushrooms, you know, mushrooms really, I could like, yeah. So anyways, no, <laughs> um, that's good. we're back on air. Uh, I, we were talking about consumption lounges. Um, I know you, you had just said that like, maybe you don't know much about it, but I guess I wanted to ask like this at a face value. So I know that dispensaries can open up consumption lounges, but here's what I'm on clear of. The two consumption lounges that I referenced downstate, I don't, I mean, at least one of them is not a dispensary. It's just a consumption lounge. So like, is that a town, like a municipal thing? Yeah. Or like yeah. Uh, and I'm, this isn't based on like, you know, reporting as of January 8th. 23 so it could be outdated a little bit but um they're they're i've not visited rise in mundelein so i i, I can't even tell you what the, what that's like um but i know it's quite popular yeah. so uh in terms of the distinction of of what you can do and not i would almost i look at it from the perspective of you got a lot of people driving not too far from wisconsin that want to like smoke pot with other people true because they can go they can get arrested right you know well, and I um, guess the big comparison, not to catch you up, but like you can actually buy weed at the one in Mundelein versus the one down south where you have to bring your own. Yeah. So, so uh, I think I've not been there, but uh, downstate, it sounds as if those are um, purely consumption oriented. But we're this is prehistoric times. So right. I mean, um, there are events now that I alluded to in Chicago. Increasingly, we're going to be doing. Like, if we're going to talk about consumption at 1871, we're going to throw consumption events. It would be disingenuous not to. How do you do that? I don't know yet, but we will. <laughs> Just going to figure no, it No, no, we have to. It's part of, it's, it's literally part of, you, you hire somebody. You're, you're, uh, so, so Phil Cooper uh, is a genius in these matters. Uh, uh, High-minded events. Uh, I've, you know, I've worked with him. On a, on a capacity or two, but I've, I've just, I, I, I the, he, the first real consumption event I ever went to, uh, in Chicago, I think was summer of 21, uh, pride, I think it was, so it was like June, maybe, uh, it was near the United Center, it was outside and he was really organized and, and, um, adhered to all of the, um, uh, you know, uh, requirements that he knew of for the city of Chicago to host like an outside, mm -hmm. like, uh, there was you know, live music there, uh, you know, were a lot of, uh, uh, kiosks for swag and, and you know, some brands, you know, giving out ticketed, you know, 10 milligrams of like, you know, all the 1906 stuff that will make you like, feel differently, you know, per what, what's on the label and what, what, how you feel, um, I think. And, uh, uh, I think there were, there were these big bongs, 
great. I've never dabbed really or at the time, certainly not like that, but there was a dab bar and um, a little bit of booze, but not much. It didn't overwhelm it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is how it should be. Um, so there's those types, and he's not the only one, but there's, there's different organizations that can um, get, they, they understand how to um, have it in a, a, a private uh, space or, right. uh, and, and you, you know, there's certain regulations you need to adhere to. Like the, the, I think the, I think dispensary, you, I heard you talking about it, you know, before you'd, you'd have to uh, have bud tenders, you know, uh, uh, transport the allotted amounts. And it's ridiculous. Cause yeah. like, if you, you know, well, that goes back hearing, to the stupid possession limit thing. Well, yeah. I mean, gas is expensive. Yeah. It's going back and forth to like the United Center. Like you yeah. can just go once, you have to go like 20 times. Mm-hmm. What, the, what sense is that? Yeah. And not only, I mean, not, yeah, that's a great thing, but that's, it's also just face value stupid. But I know we agree. All with of that. it. <laughs> so. I mean, we're getting there though. I mean, like, three years ago, remember like big towns wouldn't mm-hmm. take it. Like don't, don't lose sight of the fact that like this has advanced pretty quickly. Well, think about, I, to your point, I think this is probably the best point. Would you have agreed to sit down and smoke weed with me on camera and have mushrooms laying around and, uh, my mushrooms folks. Uh, um, but if you think about that, would you, would you have done that 2015? I know that. I, I know mean, you're I may have. Thing. You may have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But Not with you. I think you were like, yeah, true. Teenager. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I yeah, I, I I understand your point. No, uh, 2015, literally, I had a chance to get into this industry and I did not. Right. Because of the stigma. Right. It was a similar thing to grown in. Right. It was like a. It was going to be a newsletter or something, maybe like that. Yeah. Or... Yeah. And uh, it was. It was. It would have been hired to work for somebody. Uh, that's still in the industry and. Um, I didn't, and, and I, I kept on my last one, which was, uh, at that time, it was creating a, an education company around, like, uh, you ever use Slack? I'm familiar with it. We're, we're, it was like, you know, we were getting, you know, teachers to use Slack-type systems for their professional development. Like for folks that are listening, it's like a messaging system, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so my last company was, uh, what like, the reason why it wasn't just the stigma of 2015, but like I was in the immersed in like building this thing that was like how teachers um, educate each other through like Slack and social and whatnot. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, I would not have done this in 15. Uh, I, I, in 19, one of the, you know, I mean, I always enjoy paying attention to how this is normalized when you know i'm I'm like i'm trying to lead the charge in some degree like that that like if chicago is going to be the commercial cannabis you know capital uh, of the united states one we need to solve the social equity licensure uh issue and two we need a more coherent understanding of how to uh possess uh and and commercialize the plant in the city you know it's it's a tough place to do business and um it's tough you know it's 
in terms of consumption, like if, if it was a little bit clearer in terms of where and whatnot, you know, um, and it will take time, but I guess I don't know what we're waiting for and maybe more people should be on this. Yeah. Um, this is like a very current question, um, that, that I just thought of, you know, like you said, is there more we could be doing or something? And I wanted to ask you, like, I know, so first of all, I just sat through, um, a meeting with the CROO. It's a medical cannabis patient working group meeting that happens regularly. And if folks want to learn how to get on that list, just follow the CROO on social media or go to that website that I'm referencing that I'm pretty sure has the most equitable and accessible. I'm pretty sure that's the website that has the most equitable and accessible cannabis program. You can sign up for these meetings. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's not that people didn't have valid concerns to talk about, you know, for example, the, the thing about that curbside that just happened where it's like, I guess let, not, not to get into that. I just want to say that people had valid complaints. Here's, my point the CRO can't do much the way I look at it is that they have influence in other words they you know they know all these people in Illinois in in these regulatory bodies and they could say hey you know people are bitching about this or hey people are bitching about that they have influence but they're not vested with a whole lot of authority you know people have asked why can't the curbside thing be permanent just make it permanent and it's like They've explained, you know, that it's a variance that comes from IDFPR and like, and so, um, I guess, yeah, what's, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, some people have started to float the idea that the governor's office could do more. And I'm not trying to set up a litmus test right now. I'm actually asking you what sort of authority does the governor, do you know that the, the governor's office has to do anything? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, to, to quote Jim Morrison, ultimately, we just have to break on through. <laughs> who cares? Like someone, someone knows someone who would know. And, you know, why not? Uh, I hear all the, oh, all the tax revenue and this and that. Like, okay, now what? More. You know, if this is, this is a, this has the potential to be a booming industry. We might, you know, this could be Netscape, something in here. Yeah. We don't know. But, if, you know, if, if there's going to be, like, a, the first major, and we already, like, here's, here's part of uh, uh, the reason why, like, Cronin is working with uh, 1871 and World Business Chicago, which is, like, the Economic Development Office of Chicago. Like, I truly believe is a resident and um professional and you know and, uh, cannabis enthusiast that and homer that chicago should be the cannabis capital of, of the world like we can we have like yeah like f if you include um cure leaf grassroots um four of the five biggest retailers of weed i believe in the world are in river north um you know, within a mile or two of the lab. So um, that's significant. And that's, we, you know, that happened for a lot of reasons in terms of licensing and uh, private equity coming from other states and, and operating teams and, and, and like, but it's here um, and nowhere else. So 
from like a like if you if you have a cluster of companies early on in an industry, um, and then you have like the Philos, the Leaf Trades, the Aero Pays, um, uh, Hoodie Analytics, uh, Equilibria, grown in. Uh, those companies that are uh, part of the ecosystem in some way, um, you know, raise some money to be, you know, the, the, the picks and shovels, you know. It's, I'm saying this with a Levi pants and shirt on. <laughs> For the folks picks that are shovels. watching. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, then we have, like, Kraft and Mondelez and uh, U.S. Foods and, uh, you know, uh, like a lot of consumer packaged good companies and talent um, to get that weed and that oatmeal. And, um, you know, if we fix the social equity, if we um, can also make it possible in the city and in the state to make it easier to consume you know, then, you know, one grows off the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I mean, we're doing it right now, kind of the normalizing of it. We've been passing. I mean, this we're just... already, you know, we're already leaning into mushrooms, which is next. I mean, sure. Like, I mean, we're not just doing it to be goofy here. Um, psychedelic, I mean, there, there are, you know, the, there, psychedelics is a is big industry like in Illinois already. There's a $35 million psychedelics fund um, in the North Shore here. Um, you know, everyone, people recognize it. it psychedelics, um, interestingly enough, I think among many people uh, are normalizing more quickly than, than, than cannabis or people are recognizing, you know, from the programmers in Silicon Valley decades ago to others that like a little bit of the microdose that that you're doing and I don't know why I said that with an accent. <laughs> I don't the know. It, so it sounded nice though. Thank you. It sounded cool. It um, sounded appropriate. The microdose. <laughs> no, but you're you're yeah, you're you're right on. And I think you made this point uh kind of bef well, I, one of the times I spoke to you, you said that uh one of the individuals that maybe could be credited for that is uh Michael Pollan, you know. Yeah, dude. He's um, legit. I'd love to speak with him. He, I saw him speak once at the Chicago Humanities Festival back in like 18, you know, uh, his books, his articles, you know, interview podcasts, like, yeah, he's normalizing it. And, and, uh, I think, you know, again, like when we talk about equity, when we talk about like, um, accessibility yeah. and, you know, where this plant could be incorporated or plants could be incorporated, like. I think the big flip will be when, like, you know, when everything, when it begins to turn on everything. Yeah. You know, right now we're like, you were talking about it in your day. It's, it's, it's got to be like in a little lunchbox in your car. Mm-hmm. Going from one place to another. And it's, it's you know, that's like dial-up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, and a weird thing is that I like bringing this up, that when Bruce Rauner decriminalized it, like there was a period of time where you didn't have to have it in a lunchbox and a, like, like what we have now, like we actually technically, if you think about it, 
went backwards with 29 in, into 2019, sorry, into 2020 with the way that we were enforcing possession in a vehicle because we defined the vehicle transport code. I can't stop thinking about Huey Lewis right now. Yeah. Why? Back in time. Oh, did I say that or something? Ish. No, uh, I heard it. Back, I said like back in the day or something. Um, reverse time. Well, and so, and I'm not trying to... Oh, it was either that or a DeLorean. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, I hate like saying this, but like one of the things that I've always found weird is that uh, maybe you'll see where I'm going with this and I'll just stop here. I've heard that it's pretty clear that you cannot consume in a vehicle no if, ands, or buts about it. I mean, I understand that one. Yeah. No, and I, I do too, but I'm just saying, we've talked about, okay. We can, I mean, hold on, hold on. We yeah. can cut this from the podcast. That's but the fine. bus, the bus thing. Oh no, the bus is, uh, well, okay. Well, yeah, I love, I, love, I, I love, shit. I the love, the bus is parked. I don't know. I go to a bus and you, there's a ticket and, yeah, and yeah. there's joints and beverages and like booths. It's pretty cool. It's no, like, it gets a little cramped. I'm not dissing on the bus. I mm-hmm. love the bus. I would, l- if the bus was out front right now, we would both go out in front and smoke in it. I'm saying that based off of, and I'm not an attorney. But they just bit no, no, no. People, just in case you didn't know, <laughs> uh, the guy that's doing mushrooms and smoking weed right now with Brad Spearson <laughs> is not an attorney. <laughs> um, so, but just I'm just trying to make so the stupid point. So why did you make point. me sign that agreement? I'm just trying to make the stupid point that I think if I, you know, just you got to be very careful doing that, right? Oh golly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't condone that one. I mean, I've, I've, I understand how how it, it can happen. Um, but I think if there was anybody doing it, they're doing it right. Cause there was other, there were other companies, uh, that, that were like driving people around and people like, kind of like they did in Colorado. And like, look, I did one of those tours in Colorado. It's awesome. I wish they would do them in Chicago. I'm not dissing on those types of tours either. I'm just saying that when it comes to how the law is enforced, like it's weird, it's weird. No, uh, you know, I think it will be, I mean, it's, um, There'll be ambiguity. I mean, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's, uh, I'm really, it's my highway. I'm putting together a lot of different points, but it's like, it's like I'm grabbing at the consumption, the possession, the problem with possession limits. Right. So we pointed out the, the issues that vendors have to deal with just to get cannabis to an event. They have to make several purchases yes. through several employees. Uh, then like with that, they have to like be very careful, have the car part, you know, like they're trying to do their due diligence. So I'm not dis. I like, I respect it. It just sucks that we're, all I'm saying is it sucks that we have to do that. I wish it was as normal as like, like I went to a, a fighting Illini game um, in Champaign-Urbana and I mean, there's alcohol everywhere. People that I didn't even know were offering me drinks and it's like, I want that culture with cannabis. Oh, don't yes. get me wrong. It's crazy though that even though we've, ha- I'm, that's the thought I'm trying to share. You get where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah. And I, I saw the future. Yeah. Which, you know, um, did you take a lot of mushrooms? Is that, no, it was in Muskegon, (laughs) Muskegon, Michigan. Okay. Uh, Michigan is a really different market in a lot of ways. Uh, in terms of consumption, like this is like in July, um, uh, Marcy and I with growing in and, uh, uh, went, you know, exploratory to have a good time. We were there socially with our friends and, um, but also paying attention to, um, 
what the consumption model was like there. Was that too dramatic? And um, I liked it. I wasn't sure what you were doing at first. I don't know. That wasn't either. <laughs> but I, like, I talk too much. Sometimes you got to stop and smoke a joint. Um, there were 50 vendors, like from SkyMint and Nobo and Flourish and um, you know, a bunch of them, a lot of them. Uh, open air, it was on like a bunch of like softball fields, like a bunch of like baseball diamonds. So like really big space. Yeah. Two live bands. Um, July day, they could have used more water. Uh, not perfect. There were, there were some incidents I observed uh, at dab bars where um, one or two individuals went quickly horizontal. Hmm. Um, but they recovered pretty quickly. And all in all, it was kind of the future. Like, I, I don't want people to like the one, like the dabbing at a public thing on a hot day <laughs> without <laughs> water. I'm not the Surgeon General, but um, I think we can all learn yeah. from that kind of thing. Sure. You know, and um, if you're looking for compliance and best practices, you know, Ronan <laughs> has a whole portfolio of things. Lollapalooza. Um, Hell yeah. Eventually. Nice Why not? I don't know. Um, so, you know, less, like, very little booze, if any, was there. Um, again, it was like a, I'm, I'm kind of making a joke in terms of like some people were just, they took really big hits. Sure. Not, yeah. nothing. No one got hurt or anything. Right. Um, but you want to avoid that. You want to like make it predictable, make it, make it so people know what they're going to get like that box of chocolates. Like, yeah. um, you do that and people are in their own space in their own way. Um, then, you know, then we could actually like see what we can do together. Right. Well, and I'm just thinking about other, cons other events where we have quote unquote safe consumption in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we go to that bar down the street, right. And you take one shot and you fall flat, like the bartender's probably going to not like, he's probably not going to give you any more. And that's, that's like, I mean, you could throw a fit about it all day long. Oh, but I have. Yeah. <laughs> but he's usually you, at night though you get what i'm That's saying only occasionally in the <laughs> you get you get what i'm saying i though. do um so so to your point it's not that we have an issue with dabs as you said i think you said you tried dabs for the first time yeah it was a lightweight dab but yeah it's like uh they're awesome yeah they, into it yeah they're great no i don't want to like it too much no but i'm saying we can both agree that they're great but Maybe not, like you said, maybe not on a hot summer's day without yeah. water, XXX. We can learn from those things. Yes. Yes. I and agree. like all of it, like everyone has their story about having too much edibles for the first time or the first time you had too much edibles. Like, you know, and that's going to happen. <laughs> you said for the first time you had too much edibles? Well, no. Well, ever, I think most people in life probably have that time early on where, yeah. in, ironically enough, lately it's been with like... I think they're more of the like homemade infused items. Sure. I love them. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but like, I'll have one of those, like, you know, I had one of those on Friday at, at this event. It was one of the first, 
um, fence back in 21, you know, after the pandemic, um, the Kush collective. And, um, it was a wonderfully catered, beautiful event, uh, indigenous cooking. I think I had a little too much marmalade because I was like seeing God at like 2 a.m. And I was still high the following Sunday. <laughs> so those kinds of things. Hold on a second. Was this a Saturday? Friday. <laughs> okay. Like, like there's some stuff out there now and I don't yeah. know. Like, so Saturday Maybe was I'm fun. just getting old. Do you remember Saturday? Oh no. Yeah, I was just high. You just I remember high the whole time. Like you I wouldn't see the guy Sunday. and all the stuff, but like I woke up like you know like I don't know I don't know ever like I'll wake up and I'll wake and bake and I'll do all that, but but I don't ever remember waking up high. Yeah. <laughs> like wait a second. It is a crazy experience. I, I rinse this thing out. Yeah. In a weird way, it it feels like the best type of hangover. Oh yeah. He, he, right. Mean, you wake up and you're like something's wrong. Wait, no, nothing's wrong. Right. Actually, everything's right. <laughs> Pretty much. And then you know you go to Netflix and yeah. Um, in an earlier day, I'd make a pop tart, but now I'll have uh, infused oatmeal. There you go, infused oatmeal. <laughs> you, so uh, <laughs> I gotta ask you. Uh, I, I hate to be like the the guy that always gets like mm. that gets deep on CPG. Do you? Tr so there's CPG, mm -hmm. obviously, like uh, edibles. Mm. You know, you got your canned or your beverages. I like the cans. I like I like the two uh, milligrammers, three. Yeah, you get so you get your beverages, candy bars, uh, cookies, like basically food. I think that's CPG. Yes. Um, I know a lot of these these uh, and vapes. Vapes are CPG. Yeah, um, but but vapes are uh, CPG. But I'm interested in like CPG outside of. Um, smoking something like so so m mainly stuff you eat or drink or lotions or sure. you know, otherwise right uh don't enter the body through the lung mm -hmm. yeah i agree all those things are cpg and i think that there's like a huge future for that i just uh do you would you i, I guess we could make this uh, conversation actually pretty quick do you agree that one of the issues with the cannabis industry right now in illinois and several other states is that they treat the flower is CPG. In other words, you can't like look at it and smell it. Like when I go, this is the analogy I use when I go to get produce. Um, I go and I look at the grapes, for example, great. I love, I fucking love grapes. Yeah. But one thing I will always do when I look at grapes, like I look at them, I feel them. This is my technique. Mm. Don't nobody steal it. Mm -mm. Uh, look at them, feel them, look around, sneak one. That was really hard in the pandemic, by the way, when you had to have the mask on, cause you'd have to be like, like pop it up under the mask, you know, or whatever, pop a grape in your mouth uh -huh. to make sure they're good. But the point is there are some days where the grapes don't even pass the feel test. I'm like, I ain't even popping that bitch in my mouth. Like, fuck that shit. That's, that is a low quality grape. I'm not wasting my time putting that. But then there's some days where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's questionable. going to try that. I try it. And I'm like, yes, these grapes are coming home with me. Sometimes that's not the case. And I hate the purchasing product process in Illinois because if I could look at this product and smell it like you can in other legal cannabis markets, like I feel like people would be a little bit less frustrated with the high prices too. Cause it would feel less like a gamble, you know, 
Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like as a cannabis yeah, purchaser, no, do you purchase like that? It's a dry. I want everything to be a deli and you know, I mean like yeah. any, like I like the Apple store concept too. And, and sure. don't get me wrong, but like if you're a real weed aficionado, you want to just kind of like stick your nose in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I get that post pandemic, that's weird now. Like, cause I, I actually, like I look back at some <laughs> of the, well, I look back that at I mean, some doesn't of the, weed, doesn't weed treat COVID? No. <laughs> right. Right. No? Uh, who knows? I, I haven't had it, so I guess so. I guess so. And I'm the, va- I mean, I've got the vax too, but you know, I've, I got the I think the weed, too, I think it's the weed and the vax. That's I would the... not, not do either. <laughs> right. Cheers to that. Um, I don't even know what I was just going to say. I don't know. Um, um, we were talking about CPG weed. I, it sounds like we agree that, yeah, you know, there's a place for like the, the Apple store format but really if you're it's kind of like if you like craft beer like the thing about when you go to a craft brewery like they'll put a little bit in a cup you can smell it mm. they'll tell you if it's a whatever ale I'm, I'm not a fucking drinker so i don't really know all the different uh you know but some people are like yeah i like ipas or i like the you know this so they could tell based off of what they prefer okay i'm not even going to try this but then out of what you do have out of what i might like like I'm going to smell some of these, right? Like you think about in all the different instances of how we purchase not only our food, but our drugs, uh, we like to, you know, see it and smell it. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it, just make it like anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to a back, it, people that really like, you know, smoking certainly cigars and pipes, you know, they can go to a tobacco store and they really geek out. And, True. And, yeah. That's um, another good example. It's, it's you know, one of my favorite words is uh, interregnum. You know this one? Or no, it, it might even be interregnum or interregnum, but it's one of them. Yeah, and Both of them this? are my favorite. It's the period of time uh, technically between um, like when a, the president of the United States like is done with their first or second term and they're out in most cases the last one was I was going to say we didn't have that last time no, that, I mean, in typical <laughs> we uh, didn't have interregnum in typical last time. scenarios no we had something though um, <laughs> we, had, it, we had insurrection last we, time we, yes. <laughs> maybe I don't in know in my Sharona <laughs> yeah <laughs> somehow um, it was a real fix and uh, the period of time between when a president swears out and the new president swears in so like there's a period of time, you know, I think it's like 15 minutes. It was, I remember like, uh, W going into Obama, hearing it on like the news. This is that. And like, that's weird because like, there's really no one force that's like directing things at that point. And it's just a brief period of time. And, you know, I think, uh, in the general scheme of things, like, as frustrated as we can be with how things are, I, I'm not losing sight of... Dude, it's 420. Or it's 421. But it's just 420. Yeah. And so um, I think it's going to be easier for us to do whatever we want with the weed, you know? I know there are already suppositories. Yeah. yeah so, are. like, but it shouldn't be that uh, constricting. <laughs> Sorry. That was a reach, Brad. Ooh. <laughs> sorry. That's, is that a bad joke? Yeah. Ah. No, Finn. That was a, sorry. Here, hold on. We got to do the appropriate thing. Slap at the knee. But that's where my arthritis is. Um, 
No, but I think I think like we're gonna a year from now. It's hopefully we'll be able to like it'll just be more normal at more places at more times. Like the city of Chicago is leaning into this. Trust me, I've I've been working on this for like a year because um, I believe it should happen. Like I believe this. Like I believe we would be a better society, and um, I believe there would be more employment in an area where more people would like to work if, you know, Chicago, like, in Illinois was all in, uh, and, like, that's my beat. That's what I'm doing right now, trying to get, trying to listen to what's going on in all the various constituencies and get everyone to interrelate to each other or create a space or work with a team to create a space to do that so we can do this yeah yeah and we can't we can't squander it and i gotta say that what yeah what what's your thought as more states around us legalize is chicago's opportunity like slipping like maybe eventually it, maybe. It, it, it depends like um mark andreessen went to uh silicon valley you know, and they already had an advantage with like Hewlett Packard and Apple and Microsoft. Like, I mean, a lot of Microsoft was uh, Washington, but um, you know, you, you need a cluster of companies to create a big industry. And and you know, Silicon Valley, like for better and worse, those companies changed the world uh, and became booming and and you know, created a lot of wealth and and an opportunity. Um, I think like cannabis. Uh, as an ingredient, as uh, a way of life, um, once it's um, available to more people, I think more people are going to respond positively. So I want to um, see how we can do that. I love that. It's a it's an idea that makes me feel warm inside. There we go. Well, on that I'm, note, I think I need to. Um, Wrap it up. I do. I mean, I could like. like when, when are we doing part two? But this evening, I, I think I gotta uh, get ready for a big uh, to do. Cool. But thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. It's thank awesome. you. Yeah, it's been a good time. Well, um, Chillinoy, I hope you uh, found this episode entertaining. I had a good time. I hope you did too. And Brad, yeah, we'll have to make this happen again. I very much look forward to it. Cool. Well, sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> See you. Mic bump. Very good. Thank you. Yep.